Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is episode 60, the Holiday Game Gift Guide, part five of five. It's almost time to shop. So we're near the end. It's actually been kind of fun, and it's really been enjoyable for me because I've been finding lots of games that I want to buy for folks. If you're one of my friends, you might be getting one of the games I've talked about, but you'll never know which one it is because I'll keep it a great secret and probably forget about it before Christmas. But in this fifth installment of the game gift guide, we have Mayscape or Maze Escape. I can't figure if it's it's M-A-Z-E-S, it's M-A-Z Escape. So I don't know if it's Maze Escape or Maze Escape. Anywho, I like that. That made me, gave me a lot of thought. Azul, the happy little dinosaur, Warhammer for 40,000 Battle Sector, and Machinarium. Machinarium. Um, I do think it's funny to go happy little dinosaur than Warhammer. So jump in and we'll talk about Mayscape or Mayscape. Publisher is Devere. The designers are Pablo Cespedes. I really hope I say that correct. And Victor Hugo Cisternus. It's one of the best two name combos ever. I think it's Cisternus or Cisterns. Oh, I don't know. Can't be Cisterns. Maybe it's. Oh. I apologize, Victor. That was horrible. I'm a bad person. Uh, the artist is Ivana Gahana. Number of players, one. There's one player in this one. This is a one player. So if you know someone, you want to get them a game, boom. Playing time, five minutes to an hour and a half or an entire Saturday or Monday or holiday day. Um I thought about the audience for this is, and I'm going to tell you kind of a cool audience I thought of ages eight plus. So hooray and board game geek geeks gives it a complexity level of 1.0. When I thought about the players of this game, obviously kids, other adults, folks that maybe this is a great game to take to a senior center. Um, This would be a great game for maybe a person in your life who's in the military, who's, um, going to be deployed, maybe isn't deployed, maybe something, just something to give someone, because I know I have a lot of friends who've been deployed over the years and they were like, when I got something, it was always cool. When I got something I could share, it was definitely cool. This is that kind of game. Also, like I said, the senior center, this is a great game. If you want to buy two or three games for the senior center, I think it'd be super awesome uh, as well. So I'm going to steal a little bit from the folks. Uh, Mace and and folks at Board Game Geeks as well on this one because I was blown away with this game so much. It is such a cool game. So Mayscape is a fascinating and intriguing game of labyrinths for one player that guarantees intense brain-wracking moments as you search for the exit. If you're 8+, plus, a brain-wracking moment can sometimes mean getting up to the next shelf and getting a glass out. I remember that from my kid's side. Um, but really cool about it, it has seven maps that are included. So it's not just one kind of big map. And it's a very unique concept. And the neat part about it is you can unfold it on a table or a wall. You can put it in front of you, just have it right in front of you. And you'll start with a compass rose, which anyone who's ever looked at a map and knows what a compass rose is, it's super cool. And then you can follow it along and you can use a pen, maybe not using the pen to draw, but using the edge of the pen, a pencil, a knitting needle, a chopstick. I was trying to think of other things to use. Your finger. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. I'm looking around my desk here. 
I have a pocket knife. That'd probably be bad for a map. Uh, but really just take, you know, un, un pop the pen or keep the cap on it and use that to search for the map. The map. And Devere has created something that I've just really had never heard of because I, I've heard of mazes, obviously. I was a master of the freshest big boys maze, and I am still a master at Waffle House mazes and other places that they will give me mazes. I don't pr- appreciate the crayons because I like doing it more than once. But again, Mazescape or Maze Escape, Maze Escape is such an incredible thought that if you want to give this to like a cerebral friend or a friend who just, you know, has some time to burn, you know, has something to do again, think of all those groups from children all the way up to folks that maybe instead of watching TV, working on Mayscape, it's kind of fun stuff. It's something that everyone can do. Um, the illustration that is on the Devere site is amazing. You have to go take a look at it and it's D E V I R. Sorry. Uh, that is a site and it's really a labyrinth. And then what, what I loved about this, it's a labyrinth of impossible rows. And it was a challenging job for the artist. So again, when I said before, Ivana, the artist, it's so cool for her to come up with just this great beauty into it. And it uses what that's what's called an isometric perspective. Now, if you've never heard of an isometric perspective, I always like to bring up something knowledgeable that we'll remember. Um, it was actually invented in Greece, in ancient Greece, and formalized by William Farish in 1822. And it simplifies the illustration of objects by following the lines that represent the X, Y, and Z axis. So that's two to three dimensional. This gives volume to the illustration and it gives it almost like a construction, right? And, you know, I know you're thinking of, oh, I, I've seen my MC Escher. Yeah. So there you go. That's a good one. Um, the other way to kind of look at it, again, like I said, is Escher is also Edward Gorey's art style. He was a North American uh, artist who did a lot of black and white uh, where he used techniques to highlight volumes and characters. So if you want something, want something that's very beautiful and kind of neat, and I was thinking about this today, I could buy a frame and put Mayscape in that frame. It'd be kind of super cool. Um, again, the maps, last little bit, is uh, we're, we're also inspired by the Mobius or Jean Girard. And, you know, it, it places from a desolate world with a distinct soft colors and solitary environment while reflecting lost history, which is so cool. It is super duper cool. Um, this is a unique and wonderful experience in a game. I've told my wife I've thought about buying her this game. Um, I think this would also be something I could get my dad, I could get my sister, uh, many a friend who probably listens to this podcast. This would be the kind of game that I would get someone because especially I have a very good friend who travels. You know who you are. And this would be a cool game that when you're sitting on an airplane, maybe you're playing something. Mm-hmm. Break this out because you get to fold the map. It's super duper easy. Okay. So if you if you have a friend that's really good at Jeopardy or maybe they finished that Waffle House map faster than you, this is the one. All right. Our next game is Azul, published by Next Move Games. The designer is Michael Kiesling. Artists, uh, Felipe Guerin and Chris Williams. Although that could be Williams, but I think it's Williams. I might have copied and pasted incorrectly. I think it's Chris Williams. Uh, two to four players. Two players is kind of the sweet spot for the game. 
about 30 to 45 minutes from Board Game Geeks. Again, age eight plus, another great eight plus game. There's going to be a couple of games that aren't played eight plus. Actually, I think there's only maybe one. Um, but the complexity for Board Game Geeks as well is 1.76. So what's really kind of cool is, and I love historical games, is this is a game that was introduced by the Moors. I'm going to try to say this right. Azul Lejos, Lejos, A-Z-U-L-E-J-O-S. Basically, white and blue ceramic tiles were fully embraced by the, the Portuguese king, Manuel I, when he visited Alhambra, a palace in southern Spain. He was blown away by the Moorish decorative tiles. Now, if you've been to Spain or you haven't been to Spain, just go search Spanish or sort of Spain. Not, well, I guess it would be Spanish, but Spain tile, Barcelona, Alhambra. Go look at it. It is insanely amazing. I had a two-day trip. I was able to go a long, long time ago. It blew my mind. It made me actually look at tile whenever I go places completely different. So like my bathroom tile, I look at it and go, hmm, 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 a lot. And hopefully you heard those hums in there. Uh, but this, you know, King Manuel wanted Manuel first. Sorry, I got nice is he wanted to have this tile laid in his royal palace so that is kind of where the concept of the game comes in this game you draft tiles from suppliers to your board now later in the round after you've drafted these tiles you you basically get points on how you're placing your tiles to decorate the palace very kind of cool thing uh, again, Azul, Portuguese for blue. Uh, something you may not realize, and I think it's very interesting, is uh, in Brazil, Spanish isn't the language. It's Portuguese. I learned that developing software really a long time ago. So, again, this is a, a two to four players, and the space you're filling is a five by five square board. So you can see it goes a little quicker. You think through some of it. And in each time, each time you get a... Uh, uh, turn again you're trying to place that board but you also have the ability um, while you're working on it as you're getting those rows filled on this board is you get those are discarded and then you get the scoring on it so it's kind of a cool thought process okay so i think this is a great game and i think it's a fun and a beautiful game and it's a very cerebral game reminds me a little bit about garento right very cerebral thought process and I love the quote from Nate Anderson of Ars Technica, who described this game as an ideal weeknight or game night opener or family title. So this is the kind of game if you're waiting for dinner or maybe you're done with dinner. Maybe you're having, you know, getting ready to have dessert. You need a little break between dinner and dessert or something or something like that. This is the, the great game. Uh, it is a game where you can play whenever you choose it. It's so kind of beautiful that it lights up the space. And like I said, as someone I have bought tile over the last year, because we've been doing renovations all over the place uh, and also looking at tile and going to a lot of tile places, I can tell you, I've been to a lot of tile places and looked at tile everywhere. Um, each one of Azul's game pieces is a little piece of art. I, I've held them in my hands and it reminds me a little bit of like when I first saw Scrabble and it was so just very presented that Azul takes it blows the Scrabble thought process of just being kind of 
nice and modern. It's it's just beautiful. Uh, I agree with all the people who've reviewed this game that the two player game is really fun because you're trying to outwit and beat your opponent. And if you have a friend who loves beautiful things or a family member who's into art, I have one of those. Uh, this is a great game to get. Or if you have a, you know, maybe a game where you have folks who do more of just hanging out together, retired, perfect game for them. All right. So let's step into our next game. We've gone very, to, uh, to two different kind of extremes with this beauty and then um, on paper and labyrinths and beauty on tiles. Now we're going to go to the beauty of a happy little dinosaur. Who doesn't love a happy little dinosaur? It's my best Bob Ross I could ever do. You're going to put a little happy little dinosaur right here. So uh, happy little dinosaur comes from one of my family's favorite publishers, Unstable Games. Uh, we'll talk about the games that we've bought from Unstable and kind of also tell you why. Um, but its designer is Rami Badi, the artist. Again, it's Rami Badi. It's a two to four game. Board Game Geek says best for four players. I would agree. Uh, playing time, 30 to 60 minutes. Totally agree. Age, eight plus. Again, got, really wanted to make sure we had games that would fit everybody as we went through this. So I'm not, not just loading the uh, games in here. And the complexity from Board Game Geeks is a 1.75. So, I really like unstable games and I was starting to do some research on them because I'm like, we own a lot of unstable game stuff. And it's probably because when I go to PAX or if I've been to a game or Emerald city comic con or New York comic con or something, they're there uh, with T turtle t-shirts. And I love T turtle t-shirts, uh, but we currently own unstable unicorns, wrong party and a bunch of, Oh, I'm sorry. Happy little dinosaurs. And a ton of tea turtle t-shirts really really cool games and i got happy little dinosaur recently uh back in september and it became i was like you know i like cute things and cute dinosaurs and if you ever meet me in person i'm like 6'4 275 and i have a penchant for just cute artsy things um i just think I wouldn't have it in my bedroom or anything like that, but I just think it's really cute to look at. And it's fun because it gives you like, oh, I could be a little dinosaur fun. Um, but in this game, and this is from Unstable Games, lately it feels like we're all just dinosaurs trying to avoid the following falling meteors. In this game, you'll try to dodge all of life's little disasters. You might fall into a pit of hot lava or get ghosted by your dino date, but the dino who survives it all wins the game. So again, this is kind of, Back to King of Tokyo, a survival episode. And you're trying to go through this. And there are all these cute little things like killer squirrels, <laughs> really bad haircuts, uh, as well as, you know, the, the imminent meteorite type of thing. And it's a bummer subject that, you know, this is what the dinosaur you're trying to become the last dinosaur. But dinosaurs are extinct. And for good reason. I, I kind of live in the semi-rural area and really wouldn't like raptors or a T-Rex or even a brontosaurus coming through or, you know, paleosaurus. So many, paleosaurus, is that the one thing? Allosaurus is the one I'm thinking about coming through and trying to like go through my house or pick me out of my house or chase me through my house. But in this case, you know, we've had four great Jurassic Park movies or five. I can't even remember. I can't lost count where the dinosaurs go crazy each time and do their natural thing. And we are in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, the other cool thing about this game is there are expansions into this game. 
And so there's an expansion to add two more players, five to six. Starts becoming a party game. And then the funniest part about this, and if I if you have children who are like between 10 and say 18, there's the Perils of Puberty expansion pack, which is the title just explains it. I'm not going to go anymore. But it is such a fun, cute, easy to play, enjoyable game. You can tell people to go over the top on how they act and what they say when they're playing it. It is such a great, great game. Again, it's one of those holiday games that are super duper easy. This is one of those, you know, happy little dinosaurs games that you can sign of say with like unstable unicorns that you can play. And maybe it's a game that while you're unwrapping presents or before you're celebrating Hanukkah or after celebrating Hanukkah, you pull out the game and ta-da. And I hope you can do that. I'm not totally 100% on the Hanukkah customs. All right. So we are going to go from beauty, beauty, cutie to Warhammer 40,000 battle sector. Now, if you're not familiar with Warhammer, hooray. If you're familiar with Warhammer, I am so very sorry. I am not a Warhammer expert. I think it is one of the coolest games to watch people play. And I wish in some game stores they put up like little bleachers and sell popcorn and, and drinks so that I could sit and watch people play Warhammer because it is so neat. But this is a video game, not the Warhammer miniatures game. Um, and the Warhammer's miniatures created by Games Workshop are so cool. So if you go to your local board game store and you kind of see those tables or you see stuff that's set up and it looks like, oh, somebody's playing like with miniatures over there, probably doing Warhammer because it is hugely popular. But this is a fun game. And the publisher has one of the great names of this top 25 or my 25. I'd say it's not even the top. Slytherin Limited is the publisher. Developer is Black Lab Games. It's on Steam. So this is PC-based. Uh, and the number of players is you have one player, you can have two player, and you can go into a multiplayer role. Age is 16 plus. I would agree 100%. Nailed it. Boom. 16 plus right on there. Okay. So, per our good friends over at Steam, and this was so much easier to write because they did a heck of a job writing. It is Warhammer 40,000 Battle Sector is a fast-paced, turn-based strategy game set in the grim, dark universe of the 41st millennium. Considering that we're in the 21st millennium, I'm really worried for what happens between the 21st and the 41st. I'm kind of hoping the happy little dinosaurs are in the middle of it. So maybe not. It's going to be scary. Um, but you're going to pick your force. You're going to develop your army. You're going to have heroes. So this, you know, this is very lorish coming out of, you know, really Mesopotamia on. You got Gilgamesh, of course, um, who is my favorite hero, but he's also the number first hero. Here, Beowulf. They're both up there. Uh, but this is where you have these, you know, these heroes and you're using strategy as well as the abilities that you cultivate and then this devastating weaponry. So you have a few different types of of games you can play. So you have the Age of Crimson Dawn, and it's a campaign. 20 mission campaign. Very cool stuff. The skirmish mode, where you choose to skirmish against the, let's see, is it the surface of uh, surface on ball, the Tyranids, and I'm saying this, I gotta say this right, so you're on the map of ball, so it's this planet. Or you're either the Blood Angels, which I guess are the, and I'm not gonna say I guess, those are the Warhammer folks, new group that you'll see 
shouldn't say I'm guessing, read all this, or the Tyranids. And the Tyranids are kind of creepy buggy kind of thing. So especially my wife would not like this game. Uh, Before your armies is the other one. You command like iconic units to go after. So you have, you know, this is where you have one kind of super unit thing. It's really windy. I hope I don't lose power. And while I'm in the middle of recording this, I'll be all bummed out. And then you have momentum that you build and each faction has a momentum system that can give you these surge type of units. Okay. So if I wanted to play a game for the PC that may or may not be something like it is on the tabletop. And this is again, another great, you know, we did talk about yesterday with books and books that inspired games and games. I don't know how many games inspired books, but I think it'll be a one way podcast. Not like the movie one. But if you're thinking about something that is in the realm of looking at a game that you can play multiple levels, you can get into it and it's like a tabletop, eh, but you haven't. And I would love to do a miniatures podcast because it'd probably be very directed towards Warhammer and probably Dungeons and Dragons. But this is also a very kind of coolish game. So if you're thinking of someone maybe teen and up, you know, like Gloomhaven, Warhammer is a huge game, and that could be both tabletop and video. So get ready to spend a ton of time. Uh, it's a huge strategy game. There are a lot of unique units in it. If you've never played Warhammer before, it will help you through the tutorial of understanding a little bit more about Warhammer. Uh, there are tons of books on it. I think there's a movie working on. I can't remember if there's a TV show getting on that one but the miniatures and the campaigns are amazing um if you've never seen it and if you haven't seen it go take a look at it there are awesome youtube videos about warhammer not just this game but go and get a view of this game because it is very futuristic very sci-fi right it's it's that beautiful art on a different level so warhammer forty thousand battle sector select uh, battle sector oh my gosh Sorry, the wind's really blowing outside, and I'm like, keep choking to make sure I don't lose power. All right, our last game, number 25, is Machinarium. So this is published by the Amanita Design. The development team is Jacob Dvorsky. Music and sound effects are by Tomas Dvorak. It is available on, here we go, Steam, Windows, Windows Phone. Yeah, it's like, it's an older game, too. OSX. If you don't know what OSX is, really sadly, I bought the first version of OSX a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not going to say how long, but it was last millennium. All right. Linux, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Network, which means we're going up. PlayStation Vita, iPad and iPad 2. The BlackBerry Playbook. If you have a BlackBerry Playbook, that is kind of interesting. Android, PlayStation Nintendo, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One it is a single player game and it is ages 10 plus. So I had a ton of brand new like games that came out in September, games that came out in February this year of 2021, games that came out and are still kind of going through that Kickstarter piece. I also wanted a game that is not just so new, but maybe something you hadn't heard of that is really, really good. Machinarium is that game. 
it isn't this is an award winning award winning indie winding so i guess winding is the wind outside but it's also an independent game i love independent games i have a friend who gets me think about independent games a ton and i look at them and they are so cool and it's developed by the makers if you've ever heard of summer roast series botanically botanicala so like botanicala yeah and chuchel so you this is in this game the very cool thing about it is you're a robot who's trying to save his girlfriend robot from a group of other robots and the interesting part about it is is you're not going in and punching the robots or, or you know beating them up or building a bigger robot but it's solving puzzles and brain teasers and the puzzles are very much linked into the story and it is a kind of a, a departure from the old, oh, I've got to save my girlfriend, so I'm going to go beat you up. It's I've got to go save my girlfriend so that, and I got to use my brain. I'd be smarter about it. The other very cool part about this is it contains and uses a two-tier hint system. So per level, every level, you can receive a hint as you're going through. Now, the hints get harder less less information more vagary and as you're going through you have this so again you have this just cool puzzle game you're being the hero and there is the opportunity to get some hints and some help as you're going through it the cool thing about it is is you have this other gang that has your girlfriend who's trying to blow up the city's tower so not only are you just trying to solve the puzzles and save the day for yourself You're trying to save the day for everybody it's a very 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 cool looking and very cute looking game uh the cool thing that i really loved about this from doing it research is the development of this game it took three years to develop this game the marketing budget for this game was a thousand dollars and the developers used their own savings to develop this game. So if you're looking at a game that you're like, you know, need you want to be socially responsible or you want to feel like you're helping others out, Machinarium is that game because the seven folks who created it and go take a look at the folks who created it. If you go out to the site and go look, go see what they've done since they released this. Very, very, very cool, cool stuff. I loved this game and we actually bought this game because it wasn't super expensive because again, it's been out for a little while. But I really loved it because if you don't want to really read text or prompts or actually accidentally right click through something or double click through something, you don't really have those in this game. There aren't a ton. You've kind of figured it all out as you're going through. Again, this is an older game. It's been around since 2009, but it's really amazing looking. And it's been around 2009 because people were playing OSX and BlackBerry in 2009. Um, the puzzles are great. The artwork is great. And the other neat thing is they also have merchandise. So where a brand new game may not have something cool. So maybe you see a cool t-shirt or it's like something, a character in the game. You can get that. All right. That is number 25. This has been so much fun the five days in a row one being sick when i first started it and now going through a windstorm on the fifth day it's kind of crazy because my little light in my office keeps flicking on and off i hope this recording worked but this is a great set of games 
if you buy or pick out one of these games for someone in your life, someone you care about, maybe additionally, like I said today, some games you want to send over to some deployed folks, some folks that through COVID especially have been alone and you want to just say, hey, I'm going to go buy a bunch of smaller fun games and take them over to a senior center. This is a great option. This is a great option to buy a bunch of games and take them over a community center to help someone to do something cool. I didn't pick out outside of Gloomhaven, <laughs> the most expensive game ever in my life. But outside of that, a lot of these games are very inexpensive. They are very beautiful. The art is great. The music is great. The stories are great. There isn't a game in here that I would not buy if I had an unlimited amount of money and also buy for in school cafeterias for my kids, you know, to just take and play for my parents, my sister, my brother, my friends to have. So take a look at all these games. I am going to try and publish a blog for this and I'll put it out with my Twitter still working on a website. Uh, but I also will do a set of tweets on this. If you are not following me, it's gamers over 50 podcast on Twitter. Uh, but I will be tweeting about the entire list. It'll be about like 10 uh, or 15 tweets in a row. But please, please support these groups uh, that are making this. And if you don't want to support like Electronic Arts, there are a ton of independent games in here. Thank you. I hope you have great holidays and I hope this helps do a lot of your shopping ahead of time. Or you get to play a lot of good games. So look for the next podcast is where to buy games. That's not Amazon, Walmart, Target. I'm trying to think. Walgreens. I'm not going to pick on Walgreens. But some really cool places to get them.